0: Hey guys, welcome back Uh, Today, like a lot of the episodes, past and future, is outside You can hear birds, don't be asking me if I have birds, I don't have birds They're the outside birds Um, We, uh, my wife and I have an arrangement where every morning one of us gets to go for roughly like an hour walk So whether you want to go get a coffee or breakfast or just, I don't know Listen to music and punch a wall, or like, you know, drink up at seven thirty in the morning. You do you. So we take that in the rotation. Today is my bit of a coffee stroll day. Uh, we are probably a little over two months into the quarantine at this point. Um, it has been a—it's been an adventure to say the least. I always feel a twinge of guilt, and I hope no one takes this with any disrespect, but I've been having a ball for the most part. Um, so having this this stage of having a baby, this really helps all of us to be all hands on deck, and so that's not really something that society deems important enough for the father to be present for, so um, she's maternity leave while I would normally be at work so as much as I've started my company and I'm trying to work from home usually, especially in times like this and leading up to this, you, there's also like I'd have to be taking work out of the house and so it's you know, we're at a stage now where like the baby wants to be held by me exclusively so if this wasn't happening and I had to be you know, in an office somewhere more than what she's just going to do with him crying all day, like you know uh, just absolutely plowed through video games, movies, um, in a way I never felt like I had time for it before. I was at this sort of complicated, um, anxiety-laced reasoning with delving into new content and movies, and it would be like, I want to start it, but, you know, I also want to, like, have it unstarted for me to start one day, and I don't know. You, you think about a lot of things differently during this time, so... Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, for example, started at I think a level 17 now, or something. Yeah, I'm a, a mage though, so it's cool. It's satisfying to see the evolution of how much magic you know and what you're able to do with it. Um, human as well, which is, I guess, not the most. Interesting choice, but I like that for games where it's going to be a lot of narrative storytelling because I like to see a character that's not Ten Shades of Ugly in the video. Like, I had a Fallout character once as a joke who was just absolutely heinous, and you'd see cutscenes where he'd be either the recipient of serious news or delivering some sort of verdict or something. (laughs) Goblin-faced man, giving instructions to people. Anyway, uh, so, video games have been great, um, movies. I'm going to do a more extended pod on my movies soon, just because I have, uh, I have quite a list. I went from compiling a substantial amount that I needed to see, to now having maybe seen ten of them, and, uh, I've been choosing predominantly from Oscar Oscar lists and uh, recent winners in the past decade. Not that they're any better or worse, I mean if you've won Best Picture you're objectively better than other movies, but I know there's a lot of worthwhile movies, so I've just found that to be a, a good place to start. Um, just crossing a road, trying to be vigilant. So yeah, I'll have an extended one on that, guys. I appreciate if the one or two people actually listen to this or are waiting new content. And sorry, it'll be on the way soon. Surprisingly, I have not had a lot of time to record just because, as I've mentioned, a baby. So, But finding time to play games and movies isn't actually that hard. I think everyone gives an, uh, an unfair shadow on, on how grim your prospects are on... Time to yourself on certain things. I remember even at my baby shower, a friend of ours came up to me and he was a guy who's like, Enjoy your video games now. I'm like, They're not, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> so, no, the wife's been cool. She plays too. So, we've been doing Fortnite since the kid was born. So, uh, I'm thinking probably by the end of the week, you guys will get. An update um, I don't really have to fill anyone in on how the wider status of COVID grown has been but where I'm from it's been tame but frustrating I guess they've sort of adapted stores and systems locally to sort of handle the irregularity of it and continue supply and stuff so grocery stores are still getting their products and at this point we've kind of recovered from that initial shock of just the supply and demand being at odds and there being this whole worry that you can't get toilet paper or that you can't get paper towels so we're now in a sense more like I don't want to say in a sense evolving because adapting is a better way it's more of a a situation where we're trying to. Thank you very much. Hi. 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 Those are my super neighbors. Never hear a word from them, which is definitely something I can't say about us, and our baby. So society's issue now is, is this lingering fear that it could come back. So everyone's prime objective and concern. Is just making sure that we stay socially distant from each other, which kind of a challenge. Sorry about that, guys. I think there's uh, probably a need to have better quality audio, and I don't ever mean to be uh, inconsiderate to the listeners and having background noises. So it's just uh, in a transition of spaces. As you know, this is a raw, quote, or organically raw speaking, not you know sexually raw type podcast. So it's not uh, edited, not chopped up or anything in post. So I try to do good on take one, which never happens. But <sighs> So we've, we've got to this point where my grocery store, if I go for groceries, now takes probably an hour and a half, two hours in total. And I, I live three minute, four minute walk from the store. So, you line up to get in. You have to social distance lines This is a huge line because you have to be six loons apart from each other. Or one hockey stick or something were Canadian measurements. And just, it's a one in one out system in any store for capacity numbers. So, you're just waiting for people to finish. And the people are always old people. <laughs> and there's a lot of old people in this neighborhood and they're very slow. So you're waiting a long time. Each shopper takes way more than they need to. And once you're finished, you join the line, which starts at the cash, and it queues all the way through the frozen food section to the back of the store. I mean, it's between lining up to to enter and to exit and doing your grocery shopping whilst avoiding people. And, I mean, the stores do what they can, but, you know, you got to wonder how long this will be the new norm for. I'm, I'm calling. I've been calling September 1st since this happened in March. It just feels like a this will go down with the flu. Like, it, they will join forces, and then we'll just conquer it as we conquer flu season normally. But there's a lot of stuff people have to do in the meantime, and, and throwing caution to the wind, and being like, let's go back to school, let's go back to work. Like, that's, that's dumb. I um, was listening to, or watching, reading, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I got it from a meme, but there was like a, some African politician who, President, to explain that you can rebuild an economy, you can't rebuild people. So, I was going to do the accent, but I did not. But then I did it anyway. But um, I like that. If I had one of those accents, I would like. I know a lot of people. My wife's South African. I have some exposure to this. Some people like try to downplay their accent often to fit in. And think that. It's like in uh, X Men Origins Wolverine when they go for the diamond. Yeah, twas a souvenir. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that bit of culture for the day. I have um, nothing scheduled today because my time's been filled between previously mentioned activities and, and organizational projects, so we've now converted our like 400 movie collection into a couple massive stacked binders. We're only really halfway through that, but I excelled on that Excel sheet, which corresponds with it, so... It's a lot of typing they put in. There's nothing but time to sit and type. I can tell in the meantime. Um, if we're just going for questionably tasteless material, um, someone asked me recently with the first and earliest joke I ever remember being told, um, and as a kid, no lie, the only the earliest thing, and you can ask my brother to to corroborate the story. Uh, the only. This is a joke, limerick, I don't know. The only thing I remember my grandfather telling us and then subsequently getting kind of in trouble for telling us is this, like, do you guys want to hear a joke? Like, all right, like, of all the albums I have seen, some are blue and some are green. But in Africa where I have been, albums are black. (laughs) And so at the time, like, this, I don't even know was over. We were we supposed to laugh or anything? It's like, oh, yeah, no not understand. That's how I ate. And it was like, Grandpa shouldn't have shared that. But it was it stuck with me, and that's, I think, the oldest. And then something about nacho cheese, maybe a couple of years later, chronologically, I, I remember being a big hit in my life. The, what kind of cheese is in your cheese? When I had um, a family reunion once, my grandfather's relatives came and there was like a way harsher jokes with the n-word which was way more hilarious and like out of time and just so uncomfortable but we'll get to that in another pod but as usual no offense to anybody i love i love everybody um except people who were insisting that other people go back to work or go to school amidst a pandemic you can go fuck yourselves but Stay safe and healthy, guys. I'll have another episode soon. And uh, enjoy the quarantine as best you can, I guess. All right. Well, I'm sure this episode is going to be choppy and edited and cut up to hell. But we're continuing onwards. Um, Still outside, obviously. Day has probably changed. Weather is probably similar. I don't think I would be outside if it wasn't. Uh, Yeah, it was just taking a break to think about how grim things have become and uh, to stop from spiraling, you know, here's some more of a mini-podcast. I don't want to call it a mini-pod I don't want to step on another channel, a great channel I watch that uses that term but there's really only so many terms in podcasting So uh, There's the protest, I don't want to get really too much into it, and I think it's I don't mean any disrespect in forgetting the guy's name, but there was that... I think he was innocent. The innocent dude that was, like, choked to death by some asshole police officer kneeling on his neck for, like... I think it said seven minutes. Passed out of four minutes. It's just... ooh, It was grim shit. I watched the video. Very upsetting. Um, Especially if anyone's ever taken, like, a martial arts or had an experience in a fight where they've been choked. Like, it's a very... That's such an uncomfortable... and I, I mean, like, there's a fun, kinky side of it, but there was nothing fun and kinky about this. This is like when it's in a aggressive combat scenario. It, it just makes, you know, you think you're dying. And so it's... That's really, truly an awful way to, for him to have gone out. And, like, with pretty much anyone dying, unless you're a real Hitler of a person, it's, it's terrible. But it's really, you know, my heart goes out to him and his family. His family, whom... Um, I understand have, have been great with um, like reaching out to the media and giving statements And I think the last I heard they were happy to hear that the officer was getting like a, a very um, let's say a sentence that reflects the crime but at the same time you can't put a cost on human life to say it's worth it but it's still as I think they said it's a step in In the direction of justice. So. It's just terrible. You see the news. I have a brother living in Chicago. And just to see. In the city where he's living. There's like protests of. Obviously people looting. Because that's what happens anytime anything happens. I mean from like winning a basketball game. To. (laughs) Terrible things. I mean it's always. Stores get broken into. shit, Shit gets lit on fire. This is particularly nasty, and there's, like, armed exchanges between people, people have died, there's just been... As a Canadian watching this, they really, I think, amp it up a little bit. It's like, ooh, look how scary it is down there. Ooh, wouldn't want to be there that's That's uh, CBC, the Canadian news. No, our news is great. The um, CNN scares me. I watch CNN sometimes, and it's like, nope, this is just a GTA server that we're living in, so... Um, yeah, I think it's got to get better soon. I mean, everyone's joking about June's thing as now being a race war, and it's like that's great because 2020 has been so pleasant thus far. Um, currently walking through an abandoned and caution taped off children's play park, and it's kind of resonating that message a little bit. But you know, you got to find happiness doing little things. I casually referenced that channel before, so I'm not going to say them by name. So the CinemaSins guys who are like, I don't know, I guess family at this point, because I don't see or talk to most humans because of quarantine for like three months. And I was already because of work, is kind of isolated to begin with, but it's like those are the <laughs> people I think I hear from the most now. So it's weird. They're great, though. Uh, for someone who is a cinephile and who has nobody to talk about it with, it is such a tonic to hear people go on about it. Even the relevant stuff. But also I enjoy the American perspective too. Because uh, as I said, I got family there. My grandparents spent half the year in the States too. It's nice to keep an ear on what's going on around the world. But yeah man, the so-called The A-Team. Chris, Jeremy, and Barrett there. Uh, you guys are great. I don't think you'll ever hear this, but big fan. Um, contributor on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I just... I notice it's kind of informally written. I'm trying to get it more formally written. Keep me having my edits rebuffed, but um, so a lot of movie watching. I mean, I'm trying to marathon them. Keep my nose down before I step back and talk about them. I've seen a couple more now. I've I was I saw the platform. I'm gonna have a whole pod about that because I was intrigued and then disgusted and then intrigued and then like really intrigued and then disappointed and it's kind of I've it was like I've seen it I never need to see this again and then I rewatched it it's a weird one sometimes it's a weird movie you can't wrap your mind around it That's kind of what gets you uh, gets you to enjoy it and we've been doing like I know we're, we're like internet explorer late for the Maria Kondo thing, and it's not really that, but we're doing a that style cleansing and organizing. So it's like, this one really kind of gutted me, but we took the entire four or five like Ikea tall slim shelves of Blu-rays and movies that we had, and I cataloged them, and there's like 400 or so, you know, which is really fun. It makes me feel like i work working on Blockbuster. Um... But we, we took out the DVD cases, like the artwork, any special things it came with. We clipped covers off the front, and we bought this binder that has like three sections per page. One is a big paper size section for said artwork and covers, and then the other side is just for discs. So we condensed the whole thing into a series of things like four or five binders we bought on Amazon great feeling afterwards, this was no secret the reason was because my, my son figured out he was able to like pull them down and they'd be like some sort of comically huge barbarian weapon crushing him to death because they would just fall and so like we were like, these gotta go so, they're on their way out, in the meantime they've been safeified, not a word, but in a way that you you couldn't use them for Shelving, but you know, sacrifices of parenting. That's good. um Besides that, you know, you just you you try to stay optimistic and try to grind your Dragon Age Inquisition character to be as high as you can because that's a new thing I found. Because there's nothing more fun than escaping reality right now. So. I will definitely be at it again soon with more content for you guys. I don't know if I'm going to stitch it together awkwardly with the next segment in one clumsy episode of Minimal Editing, or if it'll be something new, so look forward to that surprise-slash-disappointment. But truthfully, I mean, whatever you're going through, whatever... I hate the expression, we're on the same boat, it fucking makes no sense. But same ocean, same storm, same idea, that thing, you know. But, you know, stay strong, stay positive, and my guess is September 1st, but we'll see if I am accurate on that. Yeah, peace till then. Well, at this point, we're kind of going into unprecedented episode territory, because this is both going to require more editing than I'm used to doing, and is against the nature of the show, as a quote, raw podcast. But also, this is, I think, the third little uh, mini-transmission stitched together, so we'll see how it goes. Maybe four, maybe this doesn't work at all. Um, There's a lot of crap going on. I I think a lot of these episodes have been reflective on that. Um, I obviously have made my opinions clear, and I I choose to do this usually through conversations with people instead of posting on social media, which is probably part of what I guess I'm going to talk about right now, is I think there's a lot of unnecessary buzz and non-helpful things obscuring the space of what's really important at this time. And I think a a huge example was yesterday, there was, in the morning, it was the trending thing to post a black image, literally like a black square, like you're just a, how to describe... Just a black screen, a black image, so to speak, as your profile picture. Some of them had the hashtag Black Lives Matter, some didn't, some had BLM. This became trendy, trending, so to speak. So you have a, a huge surge in the amount of posts everywhere suddenly reflecting this. And these squares, which, yes, everyone's intention is great, and it's a, symbolically it's nice to have solidarity with people but suddenly it, it made it impossible to find relevant news and pertinent information and actual photos of this police injustice and brutality and it was sort of started by black people and then later it was a group of black people came together and said like this is it's getting out of hand like it's creating quite a smokescreen." um it just kind of points towards this problem that everyone is is so quick to jump on the bandwagon without having any long-term commitment to fixing the problem so many companies. War, the Blizzard was it was this huge one that just really stung me. Blizzard uh, basically condemned the, the Hong Kong protests because it would piss off big old China and then they wouldn't be able to do business and make like a hundred bajillion dollar y from the Chinese gaming markets and stuff. So they they kind of you know, kowtowed and, and just said, oh yeah, we don't like these protests as bad, you know, you gotta like do what the government and the country says and then and out, it's like, well favorable win, man, like everyone's all about freedom, that's where the money is in America, like, like yeah man, fo- you know, we're with you, like stand in solidarity Ugh. corporations and their social media pages are just, just heinous I mean, for some reason, I put up with Wendy's because I love that they're they're sassy and that's like if they're going to exist in the social media space, at least be unique. And they're kind of unique that way. Um, I, I don't know, consistency for, for sound and, and background noise. And again, I doubt anyone really listens to this. So um, I apologize if there's sort of wide changes and gaps in sound structure because I think, obviously right now I'm outside, sometimes I'm inside. Uh not really sure if Audibly, that comes up, and there's some cars going by. We had a legendary lightning storm last night, like one that we've never seen before, like constant lightning every two, three seconds for maybe an hour. It was crazy. And a low level thunder that was just kind of rolling through the whole time as well. And I'm just out looking at the damage, and it's, it's not too bad. We got like one tree that's kind of split in half, but yeah. Anyway, look, it's obviously not just enough to not be racist because you think that would be enough, but you do have to be proactive in in pointing out racism and stopping racism where you see it. And I like to think generationally, things will get better because my generation is, is more capable of being compassionate, understanding, and progressive, and our children will subsequently, and so on. I think the racism is dying out with age, obviously, you'd hope, but it still exists, and you have to be vigilant, and absolutely, you have to stamp it out where you see it, I think that guy, should get a life sentence, and then, you know, I, I don't really think any more than that is, is necessary, I think. Give him a life sentence, give the people who were there, if they were also, like, complicit and give them, like, life sentences. Treat it like a murder. Like, the, we don't need to, like, lynch him, and hang him up in the streets, we don't need to have this be, like, ridiculous, just put him through the system, the process, make sure he's treated like a murderer would be treated, and there you go, and we should have enough faith in the judicial system, and that that'll turn out a result that's fair. Um, I don't understand the looting. I don't understand the mental. Like I, I get human psychology. People have been locked up for two to three months, and everyone's poor and afraid, and angry. But I mean, like, really, not making a good case for this movement when, when front and center. Whether I mean, this is obviously a, done intentionally and with a lot of bias. But front and center, when you see a lot of the news, is just looting. And I mean, this real footage. It's just a shame that's what they chose to put at the forefront. But. Uh, one of, you know, my favorite historical people all, of all time is Martin Luther King Jr., and he changed the world without any violence. And, I mean, I used to put Gandhi on that list, but some people have told me recently, and I've done some personal research, into his very, like, kind of racist, af- anti-African um, sentiment, and so that puts a little bit of a shadow on my, my Gandhi pedestal. But, yeah, MLK um, got a lot more done than Malcolm X ever did. And I had a teacher in, in school, and this was uh, Mr. Fernandez, I think? I don't know, he was also a comic nerd. and I, I remember we, we enjoyed, because I think the X-Men movies had come out at the time. And Magneto was, and still is, my favorite character in that. And he, you know, we were talking about how it's cool, he's a sympathetic villain, he understands the reasons, because I think we were reading a book about the Holocaust or something. And he explained, because the cause, I mean, a mutant suffrage movement, so to speak, I mean, it's it's obviously based on a lot of real human rights and civil rights movements Um, the comic creators have admitted that um, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were the inspiration for the dynamic that the two of them have Um, I think Xavier is, is drawn from some other inspirations as well but uh, certainly the two, their, their friendship and their kind of opposite approaches to the same goal, one much more heavy in violence than the other. Um, but Magneto aside, in the end, historically Martin Luther King got a tremendous amount done and is, is really remembered as a hero versus Malcolm X, who certainly I think was a product of the time and maybe was necessary in, in some things, but... When you choose violence, you meet violent ends and it's, I don't know. I, anyway, guys, it's a gloomy day, much of storms, but hopefully it gets better. I'm, I'm learning the Jews harp. It's like a musical instrument that makes that like funky, kind of weird, swampy Australian sound. If you ever watched Avatar, you'd recognize it. Um, you got to find something to stay busy? out of this with some skills and stuff so I hope everyone's good again the walk continues maybe there will be a fourth and maybe they won't even go up at all so I don't know good luck out there guys all right so I guess there will be a fourth you got me there this is probably gonna be the last installment of this very choppy bean salad um, the world continues to spin it's exactly the same issues. Uh, this, these are a day apart, so you guys have got four days of mixed feelings, responses, different levels of tiredness, different levels of inebriation, so on and so forth. Um, obviously, our, uh, we, we still continue to be rocked by protests and, and I'd say, riots from the, the George Floyd. Uh, may he rest in peace, obviously. Um... People forget that there's just a very human guy who was unfortunately killed at the middle of this. And as much as this has largely become about race and police violence, which are very important topics, I mean, there's just a, a guy, and it's just sad, you know? I'm no doubt, he has a kid. Um, I, I thought it was very sweet that someone must have told the kid that, um, like, his, 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 I think it's a girl that her dad has changed the world. And it's true. I mean, for better or for worse, uh, no matter how this comes, her dad will be remembered forever, a historical figure, um, just sort of being the the linchpin for a lot of these uh, paradigm shifts that we're hopefully going to experience. I mean, I really don't want to think the dust is going to settle and everything is going to go back to normal because, to be honest, that's happened with the the past few, and uh, it's not even few, unfortunately, it's the past many crimes, uh, similar crimes against people of color, um, and I should say minorities as well. I mean, it's, it happens, unfortunately, to a lot of groups. Um, this will hopefully be what is the kick in the pants that's needed to move out of this and have a different system. I've seen a lot of posts on Instagram of the eight steps of um, having, I am going to butcher it, obviously, but, like, police de-escalation, and there needs to be a communication alternatives, and... Uh, like firearms as a last resort or something, they're very reasonable policies. I think the American sort of policing judicial system needs to, much in the same way that uh, where I'm from in Toronto, our transit system had a lot of problems. So we reached out to a city with a good transit system and we brought on their head basically, of a tra- I think you're uh, from a previous year or something the head of their transit system over to teach us how to do better because sometimes you don't know the way and you need someone to show you the way and that's fine there's no shame in asking for help um, I this is a controversial opinion but it, in a, I'm not in an economics expert or a racial relations expert or urban development expert um, or a pandemic expert, because people have kind of been jumping from one to the other in the past couple of weeks. But uh, I would like us to see... Uh, I say us, I'm a Canadian, a proud Canadian at that, After, especially after all this. So I would like the Americans to speak with the police department in London and the the, the UK police force. And I'd like to see that be a model of service for them, because far from perfect, and obviously there's a ton of crime in London, and there's Guy Ritchie movies wouldn't be a thing if there wasn't, but you have a police force that is, as uh, my understanding, largely unarmed, right? They have billy clubs, and they have probably uh, pepper spray, maybe a taser? I don't know. But I know they don't carry guns. By and large, I mean, special officers or whatever, or the Queen's um, like the beefeater guards and stuff have rifles and everything, but the police do not have guns, and that... That's clearly been working just fine, because London's, you know, still here, despite everything going on with Boris, and it's not fair to say, I'm not for or against him, I don't want to get embroiled in that, but London is is one of the oldest and probably, you know, most iconic cities in the world, and if their police force in this day and age and up till now has existed without guns, why not try that out, you know? I understand from a police point of view that if somebody has a gun and you don't, that's really bad. And, I, I, you know, I'm I'm an idealist, but I have a practical mindset and I have a very good understanding of um, the nature of combat and of firearms. And I've seen uh, when I was in Israel, you know, you you see a lot of the realities of when two people want to hurt each other or one person wants to hurt the other, I should say if one person has a gun, the, the ease that that can give. Um, so there's two ways you can handle that. Either police training needs to include a tremendous amount of non-lethal measures and equipment to compensate for that. And I think, to be honest, that's way cooler. I mean, if I was a police officer, I'd much rather have access to, like, a Batman utility belt of non-lethal uh, subduing... Tools and weapons than like a gun. Like ten out of ten times, I would you know use my sonic crowd disperser on him, or then like switch to a hot pepper smoke pellet, and then like okay, I think these are becoming Batman gadgets. And then like uh, I was gonna say a police battering, but you know something, something where they don't just kill everyone they come into contact with. I've been doing a lot of defending um, shamelessly. Of my city's police force, and I've had I've had a lot of interactions with the police over the years, and most of them good, is on the, on the side of calling the police or being involved in investigations or helping police uh, with a confrontation with a f- family or friends or similar. But I have been uh, arrested and apprehended before, uh, twice, in cosplay for cosplay reasons. One of them, I was dressed as Blackbeard and had a flintlock pistol, and it was hilarious. I got tackled on a subway platform. Eight officers. They had me in like a handcuff. I, I had gun up, a, like I had guns drawn on me and everything. And like um, they were shortly put away. And the whole thing was hilarious when they realized like it was a flintlock pistol. I was dressed like an anime pirate, and the guy who called it in was like an eighty year old Wilfred Brimley in the ticket booth who was like, "I thought I had a gun. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I saw. I thought I had a gun." He was like eating a bunch of food too. Anyway, the other time, uh, I. let let this speak nothing of my life choices but i i used to practice archery and in the city it's really hard to find um somewhere to practice archery to be honest there's one very famous sort of range in the north end of the city and if you want to go shoot hoops you know you go to the corner wherever the ymca the the park wherever you're gonna go that there's that there's a hoop to shoot. With archery, you got to go where you can go. So there used to be this, like, a um, church with this sort of derelict field backyard that was quite large. No one was ever there. So I used to go there and practice archery, and it was... I put up signs. there was never anyone around. It's fine. It's fine. It was fine. But coming home one day, just because I like to wear my gear, I didn't like to dismantle it in the park. I like to wear the gear home and take it apart and clean everything... One day, walking home from the range, the range being the place that I go, but it's not actually an archery range, to suggest to anyone that the people would be there, I noticed I was kind of being followed um, by a black like Cadillac SUV. Um, like, it had slowed and pulled to the curb and was trailing me a little bit, so I just stopped just to see, like, if it would stop as well, and just, as soon as I stopped, like, the doors flew open, and there were three... Um, they looked like plainclothes police officers who would put on, like, body armor and their guns and stuff, and they just, like, tackled me the fuck down. Like, I was wearing my quiver, too, so the arrows were, like, spilled everywhere in the boat. Like, so one of them was holding me down, the other was, like, patting me down through my pockets. And just n- nothing, like, just had my cell phone and, and keys and stuff. And uh, I was wearing this Hobbit shirt, <laughs> like a shirt that was, like, the lyrics to the song about, like, that's what Bill the Boat Baggins hates. And so they, they put me in the, in the SUV and they're running my name through the system and they're not finding any crimes. Like, I'm just talking to them. I'm like, guys, this is my bad. But, you know, I take these precautions and I use, I, for what it's worth, I do use training arrows. I have hunting arrows and I use training arrows. Training arrows are, are blunted and softened and they would give you a nasty bruise. And they could probably, like, if you shot it point blank, it could probably go a couple inches, an inch or something into someone's body. But they are designated. They're the designated harmless arrows that I have. They're sort of designed and blunted on purpose for, for that. So, I'm talking to these guys, and they're trying to, you know, understand my criminal intent here, and it's more of like just a dumb kid practicing archery. And eventually they're like, okay, look, just be honest, were you going to commit any crimes? And I'm like, I'm wearing a hobbit shirt, man. That's not what I'm about. <laughs> and the one guy in the back starts laughing, and he's like, all right, just don't. Don't do this again, okay? And I asked him, like, well, do you have anywhere better to go for archery? And he's like, no. Look, you gotta look that up on your own. <laughs> See? It's a real problem in this city. Not enough of opportunities for archery enthusiasts. But look, I've had good experiences, and people will say, if they're annoying or if they're argumentative, they'll say that's your privilege and it's because you're white or whatever. Firstly, I don't need to go into specifics. I'm a Jewish, of uh, two different ethnic parents, and I'm married to a woman from Africa. And my brother's gay. I mean, like, I don't, I don't strike. I mean, I've always had a very deep engagement with a host of communities and and groups, and I don't see the world in that. I, like, I have a very Morgan Freeman style approach to racism and in relations, is that I just meet a guy and it's, yeah, hey, it's a guy. Oh, I met him on the bus, like, oh, or. You know, there's this dude I work with he's always telling jokes like I'm not gonna include he's a black guy that I met he's a Chinese guy like I just it feels awkward and clunky and it's like I feel like movie exposition when I hear that like oh I was going on this date with this like white girl like okay well he's a girl I would have just assumed it was just a person but okay feels like you went on your way to anyway I don't think it's a privileged thing. I think that I cooperate with the police and I have a respect for the fact that these are at the end of the day dudes just doing a job. Like dudes all gender as well. I've met a lot of awesome female police officers, which is always super cool to see so I think the same way we need to have a lot of um, officers of color in Toronto, we have a lot of officers of, of um, South Asian descent too who get to wear their turbans and stuff as part of the uniform, which is cool. but the same with like having women in the force and, and it, it's a not just a step towards representation but it it's a great deterrent for a lot of you know, the kind of bullshit crimes that would still happen now. And you hear about in the armed forces and stuff that sometimes people, there's physical taking advantage of women because they're a minority and they don't have a voice. And I just, the more women in the force is a, always a great thing. But it's, it's important to uh, speak earnestly and, and non-confrontationally with the police. And obviously if you're being wrongfully arrested, and I have been wrongfully apprehended, and, and it's still important, It's like when someone gets your order wrong in a restaurant. Yeah, they fucked up. You don't have to be like, what is this? Excuse me. Like, this is disgusting. I want to speak to your manager. Like, you know, people make mistakes. It's a job. So I think it's really important for the police to have the training and the mindset that conflict needs to be de-escalated. And when you have a confrontation with someone, trust that they're also going to try to meet you in the middle. But come forward. Meet them in the middle don't pull out the gun. And like I said, just, I mean, police in my city have guns and I don't think there's a tremendous problem of them using them too much. And if there is, maybe this is a conversation we can share, but in the States, they need to have a system similar to the UK, similar to that London idea of a police officer should have the toolkit of things to use and the physical training and Fuck, I don't care. Give them human growth hormones if they want. Let them take steroids and look like The Rock. Like, I don't care what you got to do. Give them mech suits. You can employ the robots from Chappie, like the the police robots. Robocop, even. Just not every police officer needs to have a gun. And everyone having a gun is the first half of the problem, and the second half is the, the inclination to use it for anything. And I think that it's a lot harder to train people as to when to use and not use lethal force and instead it might just be easier to not have the gun but again I've seen that episode of Family Guy in the Natick Twinkie Factory where they lose the guns I've seen Zombieland 2 where they collect the guns guns are vital for protection and for serving a greater purpose but there's clearly been too much evidence that you're killing when you don't need to so Yeah. All this, the corporate opportunism and the the sort of drive for companies like my local comic book store all the way to the the bank of the Canadian bank that I roll with, like all these people taking the time to say like, well, we condemn this and this and that, but also we're having a great sale and it's a good time to invest. And it just feels very fake. I think that you don't have to say Firstly, it's okay to be ignorant and not know what to say and keep silent. Like there's no shame in that. You can just listen and learn. That's makes you a better person. But I think the drive to come forward and say something if it's fake is is unhealthy because your your synthesized and un, uh, untrue rhetoric that you're just regurgitating to be topical is burying the real voices of real people that have stories that have a passion for this and who you know, want to share footage of their local store being vandalized or footage of a police officer firing tear gas at a group of students or something, you want to be able to give that a platform more than just, yeah, I make socks, and I want to say that my company wouldn't stand for racism. Hashtag BLM, um, 30% off socks this week. Like, okay, I see you. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's probably where I'm going to leave it. I still haven't heard from my brother, who's been protesting in Chicago for like three days. So I'm going to try to f- speak to him, see what's going on on that side of the bridge. And, I, you know, it's become all-consuming. It, it's all that anyone talks about. It's all on the social media. So it's been a lot in the conversation. Um, I'm going to try to watch some movies, give you guys some lighter content that I'm going to bring. And everyone's in this push to obviously support black owned businesses and 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 black culture and and black artists and so i'm gonna obviously take this chance to (laughs) do what i do and watch the movies in that vein i will say black Panther is a little too cliche and i've seen it recently anyway so i'm gonna try to find some of my favorite maybe less seen uh, movies that feature people of color and, and it's you know an awesome movie and it's not preachy about it and it's not fake um I will say off the bat, Black Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time. The time-traveling Martin Lawrence movie. I had that on VHS as a kid and, like, seen that way more times than I'm allowed to admit. But to buy the Blu-ray on Amazon is, like, $80. And so I don't know if there's, like, a global shortage of it or what's going on. But that's the movie I really wanted to see. But, um, I don't know. I think as a... Growing up as, like, a... You know, Seth Rogen ish looking Jewish kid. I guess when I was younger, it was the Jonah Hill looking. <laughs> because uh, level one is uh, Jonah Hill, and then level two is Seth Rogen, because they're Pokemon. Um, finding representation in movies is a huge thing. Finding yourself on the screen, being able to say, like, I, I could be that person, or that's someone from my, from my team sitting in that seat, that's something to strive for. It's a huge deal. It's so important, and that's why I'm a huge advocate of, of promoting representation and diversity in the arts and in movies, specifically for me, because I think, I know personally how how destructive it can be if you don't see that, and how inspiring it can be if you do. I mean, I want to. I always go back to seeing X Men One, just X Men it was called in theaters, and seeing Magneto, and not really. Be, having seen a lot of Jewish characters in a cool role on screen, whether or not Jewish in a stereotypical or Woody Allenish way, and just to see him and, and his resolve and how cool he was, and, like, it's Ian McKellen, man. This is Gandalf. It's like a, a tour de force on screen. It was so cool, so inspiring. I mean, obviously it was a bit of a villain, but it was a anti villain. It was understandable. and Seeing yourself... I shouldn't say yourself I mean that's probably a different feeling when you see yourself in a movie but being able to see that I, really it helps you out in a lot of ways and so every once in a while I, I like to give Black Panther a rewatch and feel like there's I mean they kind of nod to it in the movie when he, he meets those younger kids in the uh, in the complex that he just bought on, on that land you know you can see there's just a a bit of an inspiration when you get to see that and I'm not saying any characters that are white should be black or Chinese or anything like that. I'm saying it's amazing when you get a movie like Shang Tsung... That's coming up. Oh, man. Kung Lao? No. I don't know. It's the, the Marvel uh, Ten Rings movie. But it's going to be... Uh, I think it's a Chinese guy that's taking the helm. And I think that's awesome. Because how many young Asian kids are going to grow up and get to see a Marvel, you know, champion character that isn't... You know, nothing against Benedict Wong, who I love, because... Marco Polo is one of the greatest shows of all time But, um, you kind of second fiddle To the Doctor, right? And same with Falcon and, and War Machine being kind of second fiddle characters Because they're not, they're OG Avengers anyway So it's nice to have You know Movies have a lot more power Than people realize, so i uh, gonna try to find one I'm actually watched watch Dolomite is my name Um I was gonna watch that last night, I was a little too tired but that's supposed to look... It looks fantastic. It's supposed to be great. And, yeah, I'm going to let you guys know. This isn't uh, an easy time for anyone. and It's just a time, if nothing else, if you're not going to go out and take to the streets, which you don't have to, if you're not going to do whatever you're going to do, even if you can donate, like, $2 to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I know there's a bunch of charities. That's just always the one I go to because I use them as a resource all the time. I Google them. they're They're a tremendous source of... Factual information of what's going on in an area where that representation is really needed So obviously donate and financially if you're not if you're not there. I mean it seems Boggling to some people, but I know what that's like But if you really can't just take some time to reflect on it. All right, it's not complicated I mean obviously most people I like to think aren't racist but if you See it in your day-to-day life if in your friends and your family Even if it's uncomfortable to have that conversation, you got to have that conversation because it's not going to stop until people aren't afraid for that. And aren't afraid to put their, like, oh, it might be awkward next time I see my friend Susan because I asked her to stop saying, like, this racist word. Like, better it be awkward with your friend Susan next time than your friend Susan being a racist bitch who's, like, probably going to teach her kids or her husband that word. And, like, the problem continues. So have the conversations. My wife's been on the phone literally all day yesterday like it was nice I guess seeing her be social but with different members of her family and they're from South Africa so I mean like she's spoken to different people and she was just getting people's stories of like how racism there and here has affected them and what experiences they had uh, it was very inspiring she was just doing it just because it, you know it's everyone's duty to understand their their wider circle and their impact and again if you find racism in your own life or in, in the lives of your friends or families, you really have to help them become educated about how to stamp that out. I think most people are inherently good. I think that people are maybe misguided in their behaviors and practices and they don't mean ill. There's racist people and fuck', them, you know racist gonna racist. but maybe we'll do like an Australia situation and like put them all in one continent, except we'll use Garbage Island and they can just live there. Because they trash. All right, guys. Uh, this is probably the conclusion of my four or five bean salad of this pod thing mess has been. Um, stay safe out there. I mean, we still have a pandemic raging, and <laughs> like this new race war subplot is really adding a lot of zest to this season. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where we're at with the Killer Hornets plot as well. That one's still, you know, still in development. I'm gonna wait and see if that airs in my region. But yeah, good luck guys. I will get a new one out when I can and hopefully we're all alive till then.